This is another in Macworld series of Macworld Expo podcast, part of our week-long coverage of the most exciting Apple event of the year. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. And now, this episode's guest host. Macworld podcast, Macworld Expo special edition for Tuesday, January 15th, 2008, sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Macworld podcast listeners can get a free audiobook now at www.audiblepodcast.com slash Macworld. Welcome to Macworld's Macworld Expo Special Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Breen. This is the first in a series of podcasts Macworld will offer this week. If things go according to plan, you'll have lots to listen to from some of the best and brightest in the industry, including Macworld editors and the movers and shakers in the Apple universe. The one hitch is that I'm recording these introductions ahead of time because, well, I might shout myself hoarse during Steve Jobs' keynote, and then where would we be? So if you notice the occasional vague introduction, please forgive me. And speaking of vague introductions, I'm now going to turn this podcast over to one of the smartest and most engaging people I know. Take it away, whoever you may be. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, before we get into all this, I should introduce our panel and, and maybe myself. This is Chris Breen, and I'm the normal host, or not so normal, but at least the regular host for the Macworld podcast. To my right is uh, Jason Snell, editorial director for Macworld. Hello. To his right is Rob Griffiths, senior editor for Macworld. Hello. And to his right is Dan Franks, also senior editor for Macworld. Hey, Chris. And uh, we are gathered again in the uh, Macworld podcast booth uh, with the clear walls so people can see us. They can watch us. They can watch us. And watch our mouths move. And crazy. We're saying we something. know what the fish feel like. <laughs> but it's a very nice booth. It is a nice booth. And, uh, and we are gathered together here to talk about what happened today. And uh, let's... Let's start at the top. We don't need to regurgitate the details because people know pretty much the specs by reading our news stories, but just generally what we thought of these devices. The first thing Steve says, number one, and he says four things to talk about. Number one, time capsule. Uh, anybody? <laughs> I bought a, an airport extreme base station a couple of months ago, and I'm very sad now. Yeah. It's, it's, it, the price is actually reasonable. I yes. mean, for a 500 gigabyte drive, right. what was it, two ninety nine? right? Yep. So plus, you I mean you get a full airport base station, which was like two hundred dollars not yeah. very long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah Jason's like, yes, I know, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and a one terabyte was what four ninety nine? Yeah, and I actually went out and priced a terabyte drives after the keynote just to see, and they they are. I mean, it's a little bit more than buying them separately, but it's yeah. very competitive. Well, Jason, have you had a briefing with Apple about I have. all this stuff? Okay, so um, I don't suppose now that my airport base station will now allow me to stream to an attached USB hard drive? I don't suppose so. It, it's possible. They didn't... Um, I asked lots of questions about Time Capsule, and I didn't get a lot of answers, oh, honestly. Okay. There was a lot of... Uh, the the um, Apple vice president who I was talking to said specifically, well, when we ship it and you get one, you can find out all these things. So, so I guess I guess right. we we right. will find out. Okay. I guess we will find out. So the big yeah, the big question is, can you use Time Machine to back up to an air disk? That's and, 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 yeah, and that's what I was yeah. thinking when I saw that. Right. I said, okay, well, this is a different product. Now, but 
this is a different product, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe the answer is that that product can never do that, and yeah. the time capsule is the option that you right. have instead. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the storage guys out there, too, because, I mean, all the storage guys were really excited about time. It's just like, we're going to sell a lot of hard drives. And now Apple's saying, yeah, maybe we'll sell a lot of hard drives. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that works out, yeah. too. Yeah, the, the part I'm sort of interested in is he sort of um, made a point of saying it was a server-class hard drive. And right. I don't know what the definition of server class yeah. is. So if we open this up, are we going to find it's, an off-the-shelf SATA drive? Well, I mean, it means reli- it's reliability, right. and some of that has to do with the model, and some of that has right. to do with the testing that goes into it. Let's just look with Xserve. They don't. They didn't just slap in stock drives. They actually were drives that had been certified and tested to be much more reliable. They, you know, it's like you can start out really wide and it's a cheap drive but it might fail and then you can test it a little bit more and then it's a pretty good drive. And, uh, you know, vendors, when they get in, like like Apple, they get in drives, they test them and they send back the ones that aren't good enough. And so my impression is that these are better than your average drive. But we drive. should be able to see well, that if well, we open it up. Well, a lot of vendors do label them differently. Server class drives are supposed to be able to be run 24/7, seven, seven days a week, and still last as long as a normal drive under, you know, say in a hard, in a desktop machine. So normally they're labeled differently. So uh, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see this one coming to the lab just because of transfer speed. I had a dream once that in my dream I was running Leopard, and in my dream I was backing up when AirDisc worked in in Leopard in this dream, and it was not good in this dream. It was kind of a nightmare. So I. I'm hoping that performance on this, if I have uh, a Mac that's got, you know, right. multiple right. hundreds of gigabytes of data, how this is actually going to work. Or is it the kind of thing on first backup, you go to bed, and next day you hope that it's done? Well, yeah, there's a question as to how it's connected. The drive is connected to the to the, to the the router internally. Right, right. You know, is it USB or is it some kind of network connection? Is it some kind of direct direct, you know, IDE connection that we don't know about? It's or? a mystery. Yeah. Uh, my, my guess is that this is essentially Airport Extreme with uh, with a hard drive in it. <laughs> and, <laughs> the know, software, and the software tweaked so that time machine yeah. backups work. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> okay, and so to the uh, surprise of just about no one in this room, <laughs> Apple updated the iPhone's firmware. It is now at 1.1.3, and uh, can we have a show of hands around the table? Who updated their iPhone? And uh, let's see, I'm counting one. The rest of us are waiting Me. until we actually get back to our room. Well, I, I am our designated um, guy who just goes right. ahead and installs the... Uh, we were all together. We were all together when 111 came out, right. and I said, you know what, I'll take, I'll take the bullet for the team, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I've yeah. actually gone hackless ever since then, yeah, me too. and yep. haven't really yeah. missed it so much. It's, so. it's interesting, we're at sort of a 50-50, because Chris and I are the hacked iPhone no, users. Jailbroken. Sorry, jailbroken, jailbroken. iPhone yes. users. Yep. And Jason, Jason and I generally rush into the next update. <laughs> That's right. And Kelly and John also have updated today. So. Yes. yes. Oh, good. I'm glad that some people have done that. Yeah. It's, uh, so have you tried the positioning yet? I, indeed I have. I have, my, uh, I have moved my calendar down to the dock and uh, relegated mail to uh, an average icon status. Um, I moved the stock application off into the uh, limbo zone of a second page <laughs> where I don't have to see it. And I added uh, Twitter. Uh, actually, Pocket Tweets is the website, but I added that as a Twitter icon on my, uh, on my phone because I actually go there uh, semi-often to do a little Twitter update when I'm bored and somewhere where I am um, just sort of sitting and waiting. I would like to actually do a, a demo on the air. Okay, go to your second page, the stocks. Yes. Can you, can you put it on a third page? Can you really put it away somewhere? Okay, I'm holding it down. 
and stocks is getting all jittery. And can I slide? Oh, look at that! Um, actually, when I slide it, all the other icons slide with me. Oh, That's very strange. It's like I'm able to drive, drag them in a stack. But no, I can't. I can't move stocks any further over than so the upper left-hand corner of the item that I'm in on page two. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, here you have it live in the macro booth. That's right. Showing. Something, but your first page doesn't have to be full to go to the second page. Right. It's just that the, you need to have uh, more things on the second page apparently before you go to page three. Okay, so I or almost want to update two my pages phone. And if you try to move, it just says no. You've only got two. It moves yeah, everything. yeah, mysterious. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, on the iPhone, was was anyone else uh, surprised or impressed? Uh, the four million number sort of caught me by surprise because that seemed like a huge jump from the last update we had. Just. What, a few months back? Yeah, that's a lot of phones. Um, so they had, I think, a very good Christmas season with the iPhone. And foreign sales are, foreign have been sales, okay. Yep. Right. But still, this I mean, largely we're talking about U.S. numbers because we've right. seen you know, the U.K. and Germany and France have been all right, yeah. but nothing um, like that. Like Apple, Apple had a good holiday. Yes. Right yeah, the market share numbers are going to be good. And you know, Google announced today mm-hmm. that at one point during the holidays, I think, their number one mobile browser suddenly became the iPhone, and Apple's selling a lot of iPhones, there's no doubt about it. I don't think they're going to have a problem meeting their goal of whatever it was, no. 10 million by 10 the million end of the year. By the end of 2008. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got 50 weeks left. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 50 weeks left. But then along with that announcement uh, of, of these new applications, and look, it's jittery, you can move this around, you can do locate and put pins here and there, there was this little thing about the iPod Touch. And like, yeah, and you can do almost all this stuff except it's 20 bucks. 20 and bucks. There was no uh, big reaction. <laughs> no applause. Yeah, that was kind of the... Yay, $20. The flop line there. Yeah, but, you know, I can see people like things for free. What can you say? People yeah. like things for free. But $20 to take the, the product that you were told wouldn't be able to do mail... Right. I mean, I, I, I hate to say I told you so, but I believe I had a moment when that came out when I said, oh, just wait, you'll be able to add mail by buying it on the iTunes store. And I didn't know they'd come as a package, but adding yeah. mail and maps and whatever yeah. other stuff that's on there for 20 bucks. I mean, nobody said the iPod Touch was going to have those features anyway. So $20 upgrade is not as nice as free, I agree. Sure. But it doesn't seem totally unreasonable to add mail to your iPod for 20 bucks. Well, and a friend of mine said, uh, an and iPod Max. Touch owner actually said, well, you iPhone owners got free upgrades to your stuff. I said, but we didn't get any new applications. We got the ability to rearrange the home screen. They didn't add five apps to our phone. Right. You right. got five new programs right. and, and are, all the other stuff. And we are going to be, I mean... By the end of February or soon thereafter, I think we are entering the period where you will be buying iPhone yes. software on the iTunes store, sure. and that's how yes. it'll be done. And 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 you know, I say bring it on. If you, if I will, bu- I will put down money to get iChat on my iPhone. I I'm just going to go say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's any big secret that if you wanted to put this on your phone for free, you could. It's, I'm sure you could. You could to do that if you worked hard. <laughs> if you worked very hard, you can do that. But you know. What's your time? Regular, I think it's worth 20 bucks. Right? Well, yeah, regular regular people aren't going to do it. I mean, this, this comes back to the Apple TV, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. The yeah. Apple TV is a great product. I think you've written about this, Chris. Yeah. A great product if you are savvy enough to use Visual Hub, use Handbrake. Right, right. But, you know, it, that's not a mainstream use. Yeah. That's, that's the, for us geeky people. Right? For regular people, that's not going to do it. And the same is true, I think, of this, of hacking or, or jailbreaking right. uh, an iPod Touch or an iPhone. It's, regular people aren't going to do it. But you press that button, pay 20 bucks, and you get it. That yeah. makes sense. That's yeah, easy. It does, and, and you're right. I mean, having the five apps is very attractive. It would just, you know, 10 bucks for Google Maps or right. something. Uh, I don't know. Well, 
and it, and it really turns the iPod Touch into a valid alternative to a lot of PDAs yeah. right. for a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> other than the fact yes. that, that you only get service when you're within Wi-Fi, so there's no edge or any other kind of you know everywhere network. It suddenly becomes a, a full-fledged, you know, browser, email client. Don't call it a PDA, though. Apple, right. Apple, <laughs> Apple, very uh, yeah, specifically. Yeah. When I mentioned PDA, they were, they were like, no, don't mention don't it. No, no, it's an internet co- internet de- connection device and communicator. You know, okay. As nice as all those things are, it was really, um, you know, there's still some some key areas of functionality that we've all talked about before. Yeah. I, I would really like to be able to copy and paste on my iPhone. So I hope that's. You know, in the February time frame, voice I hope that's di- coming. Voice dialing. Voice dialing. Yeah. Voice notes. Yeah. yeah, well, I could certainly see that they would have a separate iPhone event where they release, you know, either talking about the new model. Because a lot of people said, oh, well, it's, you know, dead simple that they're going to have a 16-gig iPhone. Right. And they uh, didn't. And yeah. Like, hmm. I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, maybe we're looking at, at iPhone 2 for that or right. some kind of an event. Anyway, speaking of uh, events that could have been separate events themselves, is iTunes. They, Steve rolled out iTunes again, and something else. We all sort of said, "Oh yeah," and the rental thing is, is happening now. And um, the first surprise for me was the number of studios they got. And yeah. I think they all did a great them. job Everyone. on that reveal. Yeah. That was yeah. so well done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no. Oh, Nobody's we've only missing. got so and so, and we we're missing so. I mean, they pretty much got everybody. They got everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as, as you say, it was like. They show the first screen and you kind of go. It was like when they were first selling movies. You go, oh, okay, right. Disney and Yeah, although if you notice, it was Touchstone and not Disney. And I sat, sat there thinking, well, that can't be right. Touchstone <laughs> yeah. and Disney are the same, and that was the that was your little clue. Right. But they got Universal. Yes, and, and Sony. I mean, yeah. The big well, movies. I think we've heard that Sony was going to okay. be on board, but Universal. I think everybody's like, they're not coming on. You know, they just got this this battle going on with Apple and. Apparently, well, it's the movie people and the music people are not the same people. <laughs> but then the TV, TV people. people. Right, right. Right. So, you know, I'm glad that... I, I think the movie people like getting paid for video on demand, basically. I think they like that. They're comfortable with that. This is not a deal that, you know, isn't available elsewhere either. Right. I mean, it, it's yeah. pretty standard. It started on cable. It's moved to right. some of these set-top boxes. and uh, But it's good to see. And the HD stuff, I'm really yeah. excited by Well, that. And the advantage here, obviously, which they touched on, is being able to move it to all your devices. So you aren't locked to, like with cable. I mean, I, I can watch it on my television where I downloaded it. Right. And here, if I start an iTunes store, I can put it on anything and watch it anytime within 24 hours. Right. Although, Jim Zalrimple was just in here, and he said there's sort of a... One you way. can rent it one uh, one way and then put it on everything, but if you rent it the other way, no, you can right. have it on the Apple Right. TV. The Apple TV versions that you download from the Apple TV are different. The um, the way Apple described it was the Apple TV standard def download is DVD quality, and the uh, one you download on the computer is near DVD quality. I'm going to read into that it that, like it's, that it's that it's yeah. that it's actually 640 by whatever less than 480 right. makes the letterbox size on the iPod, mm-hmm. and that this is the version on the Apple TV is probably anamorphic. Or, or some other higher resolution because they feel like it exposes the quality failure if you uh, show it on a, on a HDTV and it's, and it's near, near DVD quality. So um, the, they won't sync back. Um, and then the HD movies you can only buy on the Apple TV. And they, and they won't sync back. Well, they'll sync back to your, to your Mac, right? But they just won't no, sync to no. an iPod. No, you can so, only rent. It's, it's rentals oh, really? only. It's not purchases, and they won't sync back. So they basically period. stay on your Apple TV, and that's it. Until you're done Until you watching them, and right, then they get right. deleted. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I'm, I'm doing a couple yeah. of sessions here, and somebody said, well, look, I 
and these, they were talking about encoding their own video, and so I want a version for my iPhone, and I want one for my Apple TV, so what's the compromise? And you can create that compromise, and it doesn't look good on the TV, but, I mean, really the compromise is you get one for the TV, and then you get one for your portable devices or your computer. Yeah, if you're buying and if you're renting, I think it's, you know, where are you going to watch it? And if you think yeah. that it's possible that you're going to watch it in two places in that 24-hour period, right. then buy it on your computer yep. because you, you won't be able to move it if you buy it on the Apple TV. Yeah. Rent it. Rent it yeah, and it is less it of an idea if you're renting because chances are you're going to rent it and within right. 24 hours it's going to be gone. So it's not like you're keeping it for posterity. Right, but yeah. imagine, uh, I mean, one of the things about this that's so cool is the idea that you're going on a trip and yep. you just, you rent five movies and take them with you on your iPod on the trip. Yep. And you know what? You, you sit on the airplane and you think, which movie shall I watch? And you pick one, and the other four just sit there, yeah. and yeah, the clock is ticking, but it's the 30-day clock, and you're not going to be gone yeah. that long. So that that's really cool, the idea that you can kind of build a library and commit to watching them in the next month, but, you know, choose them Let's in any order. You know, pause yeah. it now, get watch more later, you know, as long as it's within the day. That That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know... Yeah, as, as a parent of young children, my only request, and I'm willing to give the studios more money, is that I would like to buy an additional 12 hours of time yeah. for a dollar. So that as, as a parent, my night doesn't start until about 9 o'clock when our second child goes to sleep. True. And we can't make it through a movie before bedtime if it's a work right. day. So that means that the next night we either have to start it while the kids are up or the 24-hour clock is going to expire. But if I could pay an extra dollar and have 36 hours... I would do it in a heartbeat because yeah. that gives me two nights to watch the movie. And I know it's probably not Apple that is setting those rules, but studios, I'll pay you more. I will rent uh, more often. Please right. let me give you Personal money. Personal request for young Griffiths. children. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please give us, 20, give us 36, 36 hours. 36 hours would be wonderful. Yeah. I won't pay more for it. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I what agree. do you guys think about pricing? Does the pricing make sense for it's, you? Does it's, the, it's, the bump for HD make sense that you pay extra? For well, the it's about the same with. as with the Comcast On Demand where, yeah. I, where I live here in the Bay Area. I think it's three ninety nine for one movie, and Netflix is and I think four ninety nine for a movie. I just checked. Well, if you're on the one month, the one, the lowest Netflix plan. Oh yeah, yeah, but Netflix is is really you know it's right. different because yes. it's a monthly thing, and then the you can have right. yeah. Amazon Unbox, I believe, is three ninety nine, two ninety nine, or three ninety nine. But it's all in the no, ballpark because yeah. this is basically the same deal that right. everybody else has that right. Apple has. Yeah. So well, it's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Amazon you'll occasionally find them for ninety nine cents, but that's because Amazon's taking a huge hit to try to grow their market. Right. And once it's on your TiVo, that's the, as far as it's going. You can't yeah. put it anywhere else. So, so it's it's a it's a reasonable price, I think. I, I think they'll given do well. the competition. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I thought was interesting is when the um, the Fox chairman was up there, and kind of at the end of his of his talk, he said, "Oh, and by the way, we're going to put iPod compatible versions on our DVDs too, so that if you buy our DVD." Here, here's a copy. You can put it on your iPod and yes. your iPod Touch. Which goes back to that whole idea that pe- regular people aren't going to use Handbrake. Right. And right. now, uh, you know, they don't have to. Right. And this this means that you don't have to violate the DMCA. You can actually just do this. And I guess the way it works is every DVD that they do is going to have a unique code. It's kind of like an iTunes gift, co- right. gift code. And you type in the code, and it copies the file off the DVD, and it's yours, tied to your iTunes account. Yeah, well, I'm glad that they're doing this, because they did it with Harry Potter, and they did it with Windows Media. And I've seen how it works on Windows, and it's awful. I mean, it's just a terrible experience, and the quality is really poor. So I was happy to see that they are going to do this with iTunes, and they can tie it to iTunes. Hopefully the quality is good. And, uh, and it's not such an onerous task to kind of get this thing off and get it onto your computer. So yeah. I was heartened to see that. And also I think it's nice to, that the 
it's clear that the movie industry is trying to do things in a modern sort of way and not dragging right. their heels. So yeah, to hear a, hear a studio head stand up there and say, make good movies and give them to you the way you want to watch them was it yeah. was a great line. Yeah. I hope mm-hmm. it's true. Yeah, definitely. Hey, yeah. Randy Newman says he's the most trustworthy of all the executives. <laughs> well, I would have. <laughs> That's right. What does that say? You exactly. can trust him slightly, slightly more than you could throw him. Okay. Okay, so along with the... Um, the rental stuff comes uh, Apple TV that they Steve came out Apple and said well, okay it's, how is this all going to work Mulligan I was, just, I was thrilled yeah. no, we screwed it up yeah. let's try it again yeah let's try it well, again yeah I mean we've all got an Apple TV right all three of us I and, think we, so. and we all like it for what we've used it for but a lot of that use has been as Jason said we've ripped our own movies to right. it we've figured out ways to get content on it and it's a great device that just never had content for the typical person and, and what they've done now letting you buy movies and rent movies and move TV shows over and make it so much more, more easy. Not from the only, couch. From, from the, the couch, couch is really what it's needed since day one. Yeah. No, and I think, too, when the Apple TV first came out, we all wrote our pieces and said, it would be so great if... And, you know, sort of on the outside edge was DVR. We went, no, 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 we don't need a DVR. We have other stuff for that. But being able to buy media directly or rent media directly on that thing, one click... That's what people want. They don't want the computer interface. For us, it's great. We don't mind streaming content, and it's still a boon for us. But my mom's not going to sit on the couch and connect it to her iMac and try to figure out, how am I supposed to get this over here, and oh, what happened to that? Now you just click, and you buy it, or you rent it, and it plays, and that's it. Also, you know, something that they didn't talk about in the keynote that I got to see um, in our demo with Apple is... They've also fixed the um, other part of Apple TV. So not only do you have this whole piece of, of uh, buying TV shows and renting movies from the couch, but uh, if you've got stuff on the hard drive, stuff on your iTunes system, it's got that. It's it's got that figured out too. Now there's a My TV Shows, for example, or a My Movies menu. When you click on it, what you see is a list of all your TV shows. It's not a list of all your TV shows on the hard drive of the Apple TV or on a particular Mac running iTunes. It's all of them, and it puts them together. And then when you click and want to play it, it starts caching it if it's if it's over the network and it and it uh, plays it off the hard drive if it's on the hard drive. And actually, by default, it iTunes figures out what it wants to what it wants to put on your hard drive so you don't even have to have a like a a smart playlist that determines what gets copied you can do that if you want but it's they've actually built some intelligence into it where it tries to figure out what is the most sort of strategic stuff to leave on the apple tv hard drive and i think that's huge because that's where that's where it always lost my wife who's a very smart person but when i would say well what you have to do is you have to go to source and then you have to choose the server and then you have to go to tv shows and then you'll find it Like, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bother. And now you just don't do that. You just say, my TV shows, and it's got them all. Right. And and that's the thing is that so much of the Apple TV before was, it was good for us, but not necessarily for people who weren't as into computers as us. Because like like your wife, my wife is a very intelligent person, but she chooses to spend her free time (laughs) doing things other than geeking out in front of of a computer thing on the TV. Yeah. And so it just was too much of a hassle for her. She's like, I don't want to deal with it. Now it's easy. I agree. I think it's it's a wonderful thing to have happen, and it's you know video on demand has has been huge forever, and now I think Apple's got a real shot at making this work. One thing that surprised me though was that after all this buildup, I thought, okay, there's going to be an Apple TV two, and it's going to have a much bigger hard drive because gosh, you're going to be renting all these movies, you're going to need that kind of capacity, and uh, 
And there wasn't. I mean, he just basically said, and we're dropping the prices to two twenty nine. And those of you who have them, bless you. And here, and we're going to give you a free update. I, I kind of thought he was going to do that. I leaned over to Rob during this. I said, that's going to be free. Because so many people are like us have had them for a year. And there's so many things we wanted to do with them, but we yeah. couldn't. And Apple wants us to give them their money. Right. Our money, right? And, and every yeah, time we rent, right. they get money. Every time we rent a movie, they get money. You know. Right. And as for the hard drive space, I mean, I upgraded mine. You know, we wrote yeah. an article about it, about it on Macworld. But the thing is, is that because these are limited, but to 24 hours, it's not as if you're going to be downloading them, keeping them forever. Once you watch it, it gets deleted and frees up the space again. So I think it, it's okay. I still think it would be nice if you could bought to be. If I was going to buy them, I'd buy the bigger one. And now the bigger one is the only one, right? No, they have both of them, but oh, they draw the price on both of them. But oh, so, so what's dollars. the other? So what's the two, entry? Once two twenty nine, it's not the forty gig. And yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not one hundred percent. So they do that, still have both. I think they've got both, but the lower but the, price the one on that's both. cheaper and the one that's okay. more expensive. But they're both cheaper now. Yeah. So if you have a lot of media, it still makes sense to get the bigger one, especially if you have a lot of music and photos and stuff. Yeah, I guess unless yeah. you've got—I mean, with the new software, it looks like if you've got a perfectly fast network, if you've got like an N network, if you've got if sure. you've got a network with a lot of headroom, yeah. then okay. um, it probably doesn't matter because you can stream most of your stuff. Yeah. If you've got problems on your network, then uh, the hard drive is more important. Yeah. Well, here's a tip for those of you at home: run, don't walk to Costco, <laughs> where they may have an Apple TV, and because they've been selling these things. Yeah. In a bin, although at the new price, maybe even the new price is less expensive than, than what they've got at Costco. But you can always take it back to Costco and exchange it for a new one. Maybe Costco will relabel them. New, new reprice. Yeah, new reprice. <laughs> it's uh, actually useful. I, I, yes. Yeah. And uh, and finally, we got to the the big the big little thin thing, which is the MacBook Air. And uh, again, really to no one's huge surprise. But I think the form factor, at least for me, was a surprise. You know, we were talking about a sub-notebook. It's thinner, but it's not smaller. And I think that was that was kind of surprising to me because a lot of people are saying, no, I want something I can put in a big cargo pocket or feel like I can just sort of put in a, in a big handbag. And no, it's still it's, a full-size laptop. It's just really, really, it's really It's almost the exact same footprint as a MacBook. Right? Yeah. Within like two hundredths of an inch in each direction. So... I mean, Dan, you have been craving one of these things forever. Is this is this the sub notebook you've been looking for? You know, it's close. It's close. Close enough. <laughs> I mean, I've been wanting something that the biggest thing for me is weight. I've never really had a problem with the size. I've got a 15-inch MacBook Pro, right. and I've owned everything from a Duo to a 2400 to a 17-inch uh, PowerBook G4. I mean, I've had pretty much the whole gamut or gamut of uh, of size. I'm just looking for weight, really, because oh, okay. um, you know. This, and in that respect, this is great because three it's pounds. three pounds, um, and the screen is actually large enough that it's, you're not really sacrificing with a tiny screen. Yeah, the the, the twelve inch PowerBook with its twelve inch screen at eight by six, I think, or ten by seven, ten by seven, is too too small. Right. Yeah. Yes. It, 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 by the end of my time with it, it was just too small. Mm-hmm. Um, the Apple's. All the interface stuff in all of Apple's apps and the other modern Mac OS X apps—it's just they're big and they're wide. They want a wide screen, and so I don't think—I I mean, it's typical Apple, right? They—they they, they wouldn't compromise on the keyboard and they wouldn't compromise on the screen, which you kind of can't do right. given the, their interface. So what are you left with? They can make it thinner. It, it goes back to when the. Um, titanium power book came out and that was what they talked about was how thin it was yeah, it was really yeah, yeah. super wide but it was thin yeah and they got thin and they got light and 
you know, that's that's uh, for a lot of people. That's going to be enough. Well, and it's and small. They, and, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, they, uh, and they did, they did a wonderful job on the presentation of, of explaining the trade offs that other companies have made and how they they didn't make them on those three issues. But they also did a great job of not explaining the trade off they did make, which is that the battery in the air is not a user replaceable item. So it is soldered to the motherboard, yeah, like, and you will not be removing it. It's laptops, the iPhone of laptops. Yeah. So wow. that five hours of battery life is five hours of battery life. On your flight to London, you need to ration your time carefully or hope you've got a plug at your seat. because uh, I think this is a rich third-party opportunity. It, it, I'm sure it is. You know, small laptops are about compromise. Yes. yes. They... They are they are products that are for people who are willing to compromise on features in order to save weight or size in some way. You know, as the editor of MacWorld, I could have any Mac I wanted, and I have a MacBook, not a MacBook Pro. Why? Because of weight and size. I don't want to lug around a big MacBook Pro. I don't I don't want it. So I just have a MacBook. And the battery, not having a swappable battery, is a compromise. Having the one six or the one eight Core two Duo is a compromise. You know, uh, they, they basically hardwired it with two gigs of RAM because uh, I don't think you can get to the RAM either, yeah. right? I mean, it's pretty much right. a closed yeah. system. Yeah. And, you, you, you know, you live by that or you die by that. That said, I, I've had a MacBook since the MacBook came out, and I've never, ever, ever swapped the battery. The only time I've taken the battery out is to change RAM. So I know people do swap the battery, but a lot of people don't. Well, as you said, these small laptops are exercising compromise, right? And I think what's unique about this, and I was writing about this today, is that the choices Apple has made for their compromises are unique compared to other vendors because they didn't compromise on the screen. They didn't compromise on the keyboard. They didn't compromise on, on, on the sort of the, even the processor speed. It's, it's not as fast as our current ones. But if you look at some of the, the Windows sub-notebooks, they don't use a Core 2 Duo, a lot of them. I mean, they use lesser processors that use less power. So for them to get five, and but on the other hand, they didn't sacrifice in the battery life. It's five, it may be non-removable, but it's five hours, and that's a lot. You know, and, and so they, they've made compromises, but I think that they've said, you know what, these are the compromises we're going to make, and we think they're the better compromises than those Windows sub-notebooks. And there is no denying it is. I mean, when I walked over to the booth and looked at it and picked it up, I mean, there isn't a square edge to be found. It is a smooth, sleek design, and you lift it, and it's, it is very tempting to simply walk from there to the store yep. and place your order and drop your credit card on the desk. Well, it's, what about it's the a, price? I mean, it's $1,800. Well, clearly they want to, I mean, at least my opinion would be the price is, is setting the stage. This is not a MacBook, and it's not a MacBook Pro. It's right We're in the middle. Right you, in the middle. You, and you pay the premium for it. I mean, yeah. it comes, yeah. I, I've seen online already, I've seen a lot of negative reaction to this product. Um, and the fact is, it's a product, it's not a mainstream product. Yeah, we've gotten used to recent product announcements from Apple being about a product that everybody wants. And this is not a product no. that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Walking over here. I was talking to Philip Michaels, who's the editor of Macworld.com, and he said, explain to me, please, why you would want this product. And I said, well, I, he said, I, I, I'm trying to get my head around it. And I said, no, actually, I think you've gotten it by saying that. Because, because, like I said, I could have a MacBook Pro, and I don't. Because for me, I chose to compromise to get a lighter, smaller laptop. If you get that, if you're one of those people, then paying more for less is a good thing because you want less. Right. <laughs> if you're not one of those people, it makes no sense at all, to which I say, this isn't the product for you. And that's where it gets a little controversial because we've gotten trained by Apple a little bit that every product they do is the product for you. And the Mac, the MacBook Air, 
for all of its coolness, is not like that. This is not a product for everyone. It is product. just not. It is, it is not a mainstream product. I think the mainstream product to come out of this, believe it or not, is probably the Apple TV with sure. movie yeah. rentals, not the MacBook Air, yeah. which is weird. But And I think the MacBook Air is really cool, and I, I probably want one, although I'm not entirely sure, but I probably oh, do. I, yeah, I definitely want one. And you're right, it's not definitely. mainstream. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's... There's some things I wish were slightly different, but I think for the most part, it's what I want, which is it's my second Mac. I have a desktop. Uh, I see, do, I don't. See, right. And that's <laughs> Which it. is why I probably, but I'm not right, sure. Right, exactly. I'm sacrificing a lot of hard drive space. This is, this. if you've already got a, a desktop Mac or another Mac, this is kind of an ideal companion You know, you could throw a time capsule on your desk yeah. there and take care of that if, problem. If it's going to be your only <laughs> Mac... It's not quite as ideal, and there's some sacrifices you need to make. Well, like installing software, right. for example. Right. Right. There's exactly. no optical, so you either buy the drive, or you right. find somebody who has a PC or a Mac that hopefully has N on it. And most people will just put, that, that don't have another computer will yeah. just spend the $99 to right. get it. Well, but I mean, for a companion Mac, 80-gig hard drive... I mean, and it does everything I need it to do, and it's three pounds. I can just throw it in a bag and not be hurting my back to carry it around the expo all day. I've got a 15-inch MacBook Pro, and my goal for this week is to bring it with me to the show as few hours as possible because I don't want to carry it all day. That's what iPhones are for. Right, exactly. (laughs) And the battery thing, I mean, I don't do a lot of long-distance travel, so clearly it's not the flight thing. The bigger issue is, and it's in the future, but when that battery starts wearing out and your five hours becomes two and a half or three, the solution, and this is on Apple's site now, is it's $129, and you send them your laptop for up to five business days, and it will come back with a brand new battery. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's, not, that's that's not as bad as I thought that's it would a be. Bo- yeah. That's a boilerplate thing, too. By the time yeah. these <laughs> things need service, you'll probably be able to just take it into the Apple store and, yeah, and do so. a swap or something. I, I doubt it will ever yeah. be a, well, a huge problem. And when you consider that Apple's laptop batteries are usually 129 139 129 to actually swap out the batteries not unreasonable. Right, they're essentially not, not charging for the labor. It right. sounds like. But but yeah, and but some people will want a removal right. battery, and for them this is not not for you. Not for yeah, you. Yeah, that's if that's not a compromise you're willing to make. Then yeah, you shouldn't no. get it. Yeah. Well, here's line. something I hope somebody will try when we get one into the lab: is to erase the hard drive. How do you install the OS on this thing? You find a Mac or PC, <laughs> and you put the you put the drive in there, and then you can do a netboot install. Well, okay. if you've Apple erased the hard this, drive, this, would, this is the way to do it. I, it's a net boot. That well. seems to be that seems to be what it is. Yeah, because so I'm net, thinking you send it in for a, for your net, battery backup. Right, you want to get right, your right. data off that drive, right? Yeah. And now Time you capsule. need to reformat it. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think that's what happens. Is you basically stick that disk into some other computer, and then and then it will uh, see it and and, and the install. other computer or, will or see you use an external drive because if there's no the OS on the air. Well, I think I think that when it boots, it, it actually can do uh, like, a net, a, like a net boot where it'll actually it see it, okay. actually see it, and do it. I'm pretty sure that's the case. It's definitely something I, I, we should test. Here's something that I will say for the, the the MacBook Air: I would not be surprised if all Apple stores are very rapidly configured so that you can buy software at the Apple Store and then go over to a little station and, and stick it. in the disk, <laughs> install it on the MacBook Air, and then walk out, or come in with a pro- with a, something you want to install. Or if you've got a dead Mac, and and go there and do that. I, I think Apple stores will become a, a place for you to do that too. But yeah, it'll well, work at home too. It, it is interesting because if it is your second computer, <clears throat> excuse me, and you're using a wireless network that has B or G, if you're going to buy this, you should probably have an N router. Uh, really? Probably. Yeah. Or, or spend uh, $29 right, on for the, the USB, USB Ethernet <laughs> adapter. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, the Apple's going to start carrying that in all their stores. Uh, USB Ethernet up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little it light, light dongle thing. Yep. The, uh, the video support in there was better than I was expecting. I mean, yeah, Jason and I were talking about this. It's a MacBook. It'll, It'll drive, drive a 23-inch 23 23 inch. display as a secondary display. Yeah, and as I, I was telling Rob this this morning, you know, the PowerBook G4, the 12-inch version, was essentially a, a prettied-up iBook. Yes. Right. And this, in many ways, is a prettied-up MacBook. MacBook. It just with you know, a couple features with features the, the silver brushes, but, but unlike but yes. the twelve inch, it has the back, the backlit keyboard right. and the, and you know it has a few of the yeah, higher features. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly it, is a com- it is a combo of the yeah, MacBook Pro and, and the same. MacBook, which is it's got a, a screen that's the same resolution as the MacBook. Yep. It's got the, the silvery same video co- card. It's got the silvery yeah. Screen. yeah. It's got the silvery color of the of the of the PowerBook or the MacBook Pro. Sorry, I'm still doing that. And it's got the backlit keyboard, which I've never had in a laptop. Which I'm kind of thinking, hey, that's kind of cool. So there's some of that, but you know, invest in a USB 2 hub, I guess, is the yeah. other part of that because uh, there's only the one USB one port. port. Right. Okay, so uh, there was no one more thing. Nope. And there were so four, unless there were you four more things. Yeah, right. right. So what didn't happen that we all went, oh, for sure they like 16 well, gigabyte iPhone. Well, 16 gigabyte iPhone. If, if I can, before we go, if I can just uh, move on, if I can just talk about the uh, solid state drive, which. Oh, still, oh, right. uh, yes. I, I, when I, first I, I saw need to that. go on the prices right because when we were walking to the Apple briefing, I asked Jim Dalrymple <laughs> what, if we had gotten a price on that. He said no, and I said, you know, it's going to be like a thousand bucks, right? And it is a thousand bucks. And, you know, people, we've seen comments on the web already, did, people freaking out saying, oh my God, it's three. Th- well, have you looked at a 64 gigabyte solid state drive? Well, They're a thousand dollars. I'm sure <laughs> Apple wanted this to be a flash drive computer, and it it's just, just can't. The cost is too great. It will be just just like the iPods. Eventually, will, there'll be 64 gigabyte iPod Classic with flash flash drive right. well, or, or actually no it'll do away with it well, completely well, well the fact the fact is yeah. it's an 80 right now so when they come out with the next generation of 1.8 8 inch drives that do 120 yeah well they, that's what i'm gonna want is a 120 gig hard drive yeah. not a flash well, drive because i'm gonna want more size right. yeah well, so, right right and as soon as they as soon as the flash drives come down in price then i'm sure apple's gonna say let's put them in everything sure, ipods yeah. laptops yeah, sure but um, although it is a 4200 rpm drive right. it's not a 5400 so yeah, it's well. the slowest drive you can get for a laptop yeah. 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 compromise it's all about exactly. compromise with yeah. that product it yeah. is not it is not a best it's of class product in class. terms of specs it, unless the specs you're looking at are weight and size exactly it's to me one of the areas you have to missing products and i don't yeah. think it, it's an interesting omission because i don't think it's something that would typically be at a keynote but to me it's sort of the glaring missing device right now not missing but when i look at the monitors that apple has yeah. they are Going on four years old, three years, three or four. And they discontinued and the eyesight. No and there's no eyesight. So everybody keeps expecting a new external monitor with an integrated eyesight. Yeah. The Mac Pros came and went a week ago with no new monitors. Yeah, I was surprised. So I was not shocked. To see new yeah. yeah, and I thought that would be just sort of like, oh yeah, we're doing displays. Oh, they're pretty good. But nothing. No, yeah. Nothing. I mean, yeah, there's clearly room. It's a nice looking display, but I'm sure there's the backlit LED technology. I mean, and no leopard update. No leopard update. No. Um, I just lost it. Oh, oh I, no, well, I, that is, we, you know, this isn't the stage for a leopard. Right. I mean, they're just, well, you know, releasing you know, the, yeah, the perennially missing machine is still perennially missing. There is no mythical Your mid-range Mac. Mac. Yeah. It's still Mini missing tower, in action, yeah. which people would buy in droves, but they would do so at the expense of the Pro, so that's why we don't see it. I, that's It'll my come. Guess. 
<laughs> we only had to wait, what, six years for the uh, little ones? No, so. no, no. Now, Steve ended up and he said, look, we, look what we've done in two weeks. That's got maybe we'll see weeks. And we've got 50 weeks to go saying, hey, you know, with the idea that we're going to do a lot of cool Apple, stuff. So, and, we, and we can already mark our calendars for the end of February for the um, iPhone third-party software yeah. right, event. Right. Which, which will probably be which, combined with some other With news. some other, uh, probably some other iPhone news, yes. I would think. And, and that will be awesome because then we're going to get third-party apps on the iPhone and the iPod Touch. And how great is that going to be? Sure. Yeah. So, so we've got that. I think that's probably the next thing on our calendar. And, and you know, yippee for that because I can't wait for that. Yeah, it should be an interesting year. In the in, in, the, in the meantime, I'll just you know watch my little icons on my iPhone jiggle, jiggle, yeah, dance a little jig, <laughs> and download some Randy Newman on your local <laughs> iTunes store. Yes, and, uh, you know I actually own the Randy Newman box set, so I don't need to do that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because and for those who don't know, Randy Newman was the musical guest today. Yes, and um, he and he he sang a kind of funny song that was really more of a monologue with a ragtime back yeah. than it was an actual song, and then he and, and then he song. had a long, strange conversation about with himself. His, yeah. <laughs> with himself about about uh, let me see if I can track this. He likes to watch CNBC when he's working, While he's working. because it doesn't no have any music, right. but it has all those pretty numbers. And he likes numbers because he used to go to the race. He used, it's like gambling, and he used to go to the racetrack with his uncles, yeah. who he said are uh, were were uh, pathological gamblers. Right, and but he didn't uh, understand the numbers. Yeah. And this is the same thing. And then he played. You got a friend in the <laughs> story. So there you go. And, and that was so pretty God much the close. <laughs> Of the keynote. I'm just glad he closed with song two and not song one. Yeah. Because you really walked out there scratching your head going, what, what Well, did this is the man who wrote political science, and that, yes. was, yep. that was the same kind of vein of song, except with not really as much of a melody. But, you know, it's Randy Newman. Well, he has that so kind of confidence where he could yes. just sort of go, you know, I, he doesn't care. I don't care. I love that about him. That, that I mean, I think it's been true for his whole career, but certainly now he really, he, he finally got that Oscar after 17 tries, yep. and he yep. doesn't care anymore. Like, no. I'll sing whatever. If he ever did, yeah. <laughs> well, it was nice to see him up here. And it's nice to see all of you here in the Macworld Podcast booth. The, check, the, check that transition. The, the Podcastatorium, yes. The podcast-atorium. Yes, very nice. Yeah, I was working on it. Uh, and uh, we are going to be podcasting throughout the week, as I believe my canned self says right after I finish saying this. So I would like to thank Jason Snell. Thank you. Rob Griffiths. Thank you. Dan Frakes. Thank you. Sarus Faravar at the board. He's manning the knobs. He gave us a uh, thumbs up. And uh, so please tune in to uh, subsequent podcasts throughout the week. We're going to be here all week if you're at the show. Come by, wave at us. Come on by. Go to the Apple booth, take a right, and and straight on till morning. And there we are. Please don't feed the animals in the zoo. And now back to me. And that concludes this episode of the special Macworld Expo edition of the Macworld Podcast. I'd like to thank our guests as well as you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcast at macworld.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415-520-9761. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, Mac, iPod, iPhone, Macworld Expo, and technology news, views, and information at macworld.com. See you next time.